Hi everyone, this is Pastor Tom, and I want to welcome you to week three of our study through the book of Matthew. This is day one of week three. We're going to do something a little bit different this week. Usually we only take a chapter a week. That's uh, sort of our rule, how we do things, but rules, you know, sometimes should be broken if they're the right kind of rules, and this one can be. So this week we're going to take a look at two chapters together, chapter three and four, because they focus on the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. And that will also let us have some time in chapters 5, 6, and 7, which are the Sermon on the Mount, to actually take two weeks on each of those chapters. So not too much confusion for right now. We're going to do chapters 3 and 4 this week and talk about the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. We're going to move this week from the birth of Jesus to the launch of his ministry. Chapter 3, verse 1 begins by saying, In those days John the Baptist came, preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair. He had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Now, as I read through this about John the Baptist, it's easy to focus on John's appearance because it's pretty dramatic. Here's this guy dressing in camel's hair. He's got this leather belt, and then he's eating locusts and and honey. It's a pretty dramatic kind of thing when you look at John. But although that gives you the picture of what kind of man he was, that's not the most important thing about John. The most important thing about him is the purpose that God brought him into this world to do. He brought him to prepare the way for Jesus, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. He got to prepare the way for Jesus. He got to share a message that supported the purpose that Jesus came to present. And what was his message? Very simply, if you want to say it in one word, the message was repent, repent. And then he goes on to say, you need to produce fruit in keeping with that repentance. You need to not rely on the past, what you used to do in the past, but you need to look to him who is coming. So let's start by looking at this simple challenge in verse 2. Repent. That word is a challenging word and it is a beautiful word. It's a word to challenge our heart because it's all about change. It's also a beautiful word because it's all about the change that God can bring into our lives. In the battle for words, sometimes Satan is winning the battle over this word repent. And he does battle for making words mean what he wants them to mean rather than what they really mean. So sometimes when people hear the word repent, they hear anger, they hear judgment, they, they get this picture of this wild-eyed, long-haired man on a street corner holding up a sign written in red with these red letters and the blood's like dripping down off the letters saying, repent or die. It's all about anger, it's all about hate, but that's not what repentance is. Repentance is all about God's love. I've always loved uh, Acts 3.19, which says, Repent, therefore, and return in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. That's what repentance is about. God wanting to refresh our lives as we turn to him. To repent just means to change the way you think. To change the way that you think about something to the way that God thinks about that thing. And the truth of the matter is, John came to prepare the way. Change always starts with the way that you think. If I try to act differently without changing the way that I think, I'm just rearranging my schedule. I'm not refocusing my life. We try to refocus our lives sometimes by just adding more stuff to our lives, but then we just get more tired. What we need is what the Bible calls repentance, what the Bible calls a change of heart. For lasting change to happen in my life, your life, you need to change the focus of your heart. 
And Jesus is going to tell us how to do it all throughout his ministry. And John is setting this up here. John talks here, and Jesus often taught about a broad reality that leads to this change of heart. And at first, this teaching that he gives, after he says repent, the next phrase, it may sound too theological to have anything to do with your everyday life or everyday relationships. What John says here in chapter 2, Jesus is going to say the exact same thing. In chapter 3, Jesus is going to say the exact same thing in chapter 4, verse 17. He shows us here that if I'm going to have my heart changed, I've got to understand that God's kingdom is one of the keys to a change of heart. Repent because the kingdom of heaven is near. That's what John says here. That's what Jesus is going to teach in the next chapter. In Matthew 6, 33, he'll give you everything you need from day to day, Jesus taught, if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. So there's something about God's kingdom that has to do with repentance in my life. Now, what does that mean, God's kingdom? Suppose you're sitting on a bus holding a book that has the words kingdom of God in the title, and the person sitting across from you sees the book and says, the kingdom of God? I mean, I don't want to be rude, but I've always wanted to know what the kingdom of God is. What would you say? The answer, at least one you'd be able to share before the bus comes to the next stop and the man or woman gets off, is God's kingdom is where God is recognized as king. In order for it to be a part of God's kingdom, God has to be recognized as king. In the prayer that Jesus taught us, we're going to see in a few chapters, he said to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. God's kingdom is where God's will is done. So how does this fit into my life, your life? Repent because the kingdom of heaven is near. Is this just a threat? You better repent or God's going to get you. That's not what this is all about. Repent Because God's kingdom is going to be what it's all about in the end anyway. So why not get on board now with what eternity is going to be about? The truth of the matter is, in any situation, any conversation, any decision, when you think about this thing of God's kingdom, someone is wearing the crown. Someone is king. It could be you trying desperately to get your way, or it could be the other person in the situation, another person trying to get their way. The truth is, when it's two people, we're both desperately trying to gain control. And the only path to a change of heart is to take off the fake and paltry crown that you fashion for yourself. Your heart changes whenever, wherever you recognize that God is the only rightful wearer of the crown. That's what it takes to repent. He's the only king. I found it helpful in my life sometimes to visualize myself taking the crown off and praying, God, You're the only one wearing a crown in this conversation. You're the only one wearing a crown in this situation. There's something about recognizing God's kingship and not ours that has the power to break a pattern characterized by selfishness, to begin a new pattern in your life that is characterized by love, by service. And so John tells us, repent, change of heart. And when you see a change of heart, when your heart changes, then your actions change. Listen to verses 7 to 12. But when he, John, saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce fruit, good fruit, will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit 
and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So here we are, back to God's kingdom. I can live my own life. I can live my own way, but it's going to all be burned up in the end. But God's kingdom, it's going to last for eternity. So repent. Start thinking differently. Start thinking differently. Don't just think about yourself anymore. Don't just think about this world anymore. Think about eternity. Change your heart and mind. And when you do that, it produces fruit in your life. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Repentance is not deeds. It's not the fruit. It's not what you do. Deeds are the proof of the repentance in your life. It's what happens inevitably when you genuinely repent. So John says to the Pharisees and Sadducees, I can see you haven't repented because you haven't changed any actions. And then he says a couple of important things to them. He says, you got to stop putting your hope in the past and you got to start putting your hope in the one who is coming. If I want to really change in my life, I can't keep hanging on to some pattern from the past. I got to start hanging on for dear life to the one who has come and is coming to Jesus Christ. That's where the hope is. That's where the life is. That's where the kingdom is. Let's take a moment to pray together. And as we pray, you may need to pray a very simple one-word prayer. Repent. Lord, I repent. I change from thinking about it the way I was thinking about it, and I want to get online with thinking about it the way that you think about it. It's not my kingdom. It's your kingdom. It's not my plan. It's your plan. It's not my eternity. It's your eternity. It's not my promise. It's your promise. Help me to see and think differently today. I want to think the way that you think. I want to live the way that you've made me to live. And I ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to look together at the life-changing pictures that we see in the baptism of Jesus.